listening to Stumps. Yes, good to have your company on Stumps. Merv Hughes with Tristan Fernanda. And Merv, one thing that is of great interest to me, I know you're a member of the fast bowling cartel, but that's the art of spin bowling. And uh, a man who has plied his trade at the highest level and took uh, 12 wickets on debut, believe it or not, over in India. I think you were selector at the time. He's also director of Elite Cricket, keen to talk about his coaching exploits and development uh, of this particular art. It's Jason Crazier who's been good enough to join us on Stumps. Jason, good to talk to you and welcome. No, thank you very much. Looking forward to a nice chat with you. Well, before we talk about coaching and your interests in that area, the development of spin bowlers around the country, what have you made of the summer of cricket so far? Mate, it's been uh, it's been up and down, hasn't it, for the Australians? I guess they, um, you know, in South Africa time they probably hit an all-time low with with the way that they were playing their cricket and the results obviously not going their way at all. So, um, but it's great to see how they're coming back up. You know, a few young blokes have been given an opportunity in the Australian team. Um, Renshaw's obviously taken with both hands, and Hanscom's averaging higher than Bradman, I reckon, at the moment. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're going really well. Um, you know, test-wise, it's been fantastic. The one day's been good, and the big bash so far has just been phenomenal. Um, you know, the viewing has been incredible. From a bowling perspective and putting a spinner's cap on, I noticed there's been a, a little bit of criticism about the state of pitches and the, the way they've been manicured. Do you think spinners are on a hiding to nothing in the Australian vir- environment at times? Um, yeah, I do, actually. Um, it, they have just become extremely flat and, and very much all alike, even... Uh, in the Sydney Grey comp that I've been watching, um, I'm head coach of a, of a team, North Sydney in Sydney, and you know the, the wickets really don't favour spin at all. Um, there's been an interesting development in the Sydney Grey cricket. They're starting to use the Test cricket ball in first grade, so they've got mm-hmm. the Kookaburra regulation ball, which has more of a pronounced leather seam, and the Test ball is a lot smaller. Um, and now scores are 400 plus, which so is you know regulation sort of scores. The bowlers can't swing the ball as much, and then they have a little bit more height and hit the wicket quite quite hard to get any sort of movement. And you know, the grade the grade cricket bowlers who are bowling around 120, um, who used to take lots of wickets, just can't take a wicket anymore. So it sort of, I guess, it has brought the spinners into the game a little bit more because you didn't really get much of a role just because the, the wickets actually did you know quite a bit off the scene for the fast bowler. So mm-hmm. spinners are sort of, I guess, you know couple overs before lunch and tea just to see if they can sneak a wicket and that was it so it has brought the spinners back in but they are very flat um and go put that hand in hand with the bats and how big they are um you know you can buy the bats that dave warner gets the big ones at kingsgrove sports and sports centers now so it really is um been very difficult for spinners to bowl what they want to do a little bit you know throwing the ball up you know they've been relegated to a role of just trying to hold it in while the quicks have a break. So, but it is a different, it's a different challenge. So it does develop another skill set in in spinners, which I, when I was playing, I didn't do that because I was always just told to be an attacking spinner. Um, and if they needed to tie an end up, they put they brought someone else on. So I never really developed that side of my game a lot at all. Um, that's just how I was used and how I was always told to bowl. So. The spinners nowadays are getting the opportunity to develop that defensive side of the game as well, which is, you know, it, it is an advantage. It brings me to the Big Bash, and you touched on it earlier. It's hard to believe how successful it's become in such a short space of time. Do you feel that watching the Big Bash, people now have a greater appreciation for spin bowlers? Because I think you talk about that battle between bat and ball, and often mm-hmm. the, the speed onto the bat is a, a disservice for many sides, and you see the success of, of spinners in the Big Bash arena. 
Do you believe the, the shorter format has perhaps enhanced the profiles of a number of spinners? Yeah, it definitely has. And that was right from the beginning of it. You know, I played in the first 2020 game that was played. Um, you know, we won with Andrew Johns and right at the beginning. And the spinners that, you know, everyone in the media just said spinners are going to be hit out of the game. And I was very successful at that level. I spun the ball and I threw the ball up so I enticed them to hit. But batters have got better at hitting. Um, that's for sure. They're, they've got, you know, they do a lot more work hitting spinners more over the top and using their feet, you know, first ball. Um, but it, I think it has, you know, it has it has shown what skill spinners have in that and, and what sort of an advantage they have. And when you speak about taking the pace off the ball, using the flight and different speeds. And, and, and again, as bad as it is that some sometimes when they're opening the bowl and they've just got to bowl fast, you know, almost seam up, seamers, they have developed another skill, which... That can translate into one-day cricket or test cricket as well if needed. So, um, But you, you're right, there has been some young spinners um, who, have, who have really sort of come up through the ranks because of the, the way that they can bowl at 2020 level. A former test spinner, North Sydney head coach and also director of Elite Cricket, a coaching academy program. Jason Crazier joining us for a chat on stumps and we'll talk more about the coaching pathways in the not-too-distant future. Jason, you were a part of the the revolving door of spinners, for want of a better term, at test level. And I ask you, do you think it came from a, a fundamental misunderstanding, almost an ignorance about the art of spin bowling at the time? Um, yeah, and I guess it, there was there was that part, and there was also what sort of role they wanted the spinner to be playing in that certain team of, particularly the fast bowlers. I think when I when I look back on it. There were a lot of attacking bowlers. You know, you had Mitch Johnson, who was going at four and over. You had Brett Lee, who was doing something similar. Um, when I was in the World Cup, Sean Tate was there. They were very attacking um, fast bowlers that didn't weren't of the Hazelwood sort of, you know, mould of bowling at one and a half, two and over. So they needed someone to defend. And that wasn't me. Um, and, you know, in India, I had the opportunity to attack and just continually attack. Um, and then when I went to Perth, which was easily the hardest, uh, test I've ever had in my life with the wicket being possibly the flattest. There was a huge gusty wind that just really was, un- it made the flight of the ball and the curve of the ball really unpredictable um, and no footmarks and De Villiers, Callis <laughs> and Amlar and Smith uh, all in form. So, you know, they, um, I got dropped after that game where they were, I think, four, chased down four, four for 440. None of the wicket, none of the bowlers could take a wicket. I ended up being the four guy, unfortunately. So, but, you know, mate, I had the opportunity to play there, and I think I was lucky to play test cricket as well. There were a few spinners in front of me, and there was due to injuries that I got picked on the India tour. Um, and also the World Cup, you know, I think Xavier Doherty was due to go, and he had a back issue. So I'm very fortunate to have got the opportunity to play for Australia, which, you know, I'm sitting in my parents' house right now, and my one-day jersey World Cup there is in a frame, and I look at it and still, you know, count myself quite lucky to have, to have made the top level, but... You know, I, I did, um, and I'm, I'm proud of that because I did work quite hard to do it. Well, you should be, and you've done something so many people only dream of, and mm. you can look back fondly on, on a, an outstanding performance in India. And I'll just briefly discuss this upcoming tour of India. Clearly, the selectors have adopted a bit of a different philosophy, a horses for courses mentality in their selection. From your experiences of playing over there, is it a no-brainer that we do play two spinners? Uh, I, I definitely think so. If we've got two quality spinners to take, I don't think you take a spinner just to take a spinner. They've got to be, they've got to know what they're doing. And I think taking Stephen O'Keefe would be a great option, um, just purely on the shape that he gets on the ball. You know, 
Um, I know that before we started this interview, we wanted to talk about bowling spin in India and the shape that he gets in the ball is very similar to they get. There's a lot more side spin and a bit of undercut. So his spin is very variable, um, which is what the Sri Lankans and the Indians do quite well. They get the ball just off off the tilt, which some spin and some don't. And that, they don't even know when, when it's happening, whether it's going to spin or not. So Stephen O'Keefe has that opportunity. Hopefully he'll be injury-free to to do what he does, which is I think India is going to suit him the best. You know, he's not very tall. He's going to be quite low. Um, use the variable bounce and the variable spin to his advantage because that's how he basically gets his wickedness in Australia. He's very accurate. If one doesn't spin, he hits a lot of people on the front pad and if it spins, he catches the edge. He just, you know, he, guys like Nathan Lyon or, or myself, we had a lot of overspin, which mm-hmm. made spin predictable. We sort of spun the same amount in every ball, whereas he's a lot more variable and that that's what takes wickets in India, that variance of bounce, spin um, and also speed off the wicket. So, I think he's going to be a really good, um, you know, partner in crime there for Nathan Lyon, and hopefully Nathan's learnt from his last tour to Sri Lanka about the different sort of spin angles on the ball. Which I know in the last test in Sri Lanka, I was watching, um, he had a lot more side spin on the ball, which made then his spin again a little bit um, more unpredictable. Which was good to see that he actually adjusted to that. Going to be really intriguing and fascinating to see how the Aussies it cope with the Indian conditions and. I think the batters are going to have the biggest, you know, whether they're going to be able to do the work. Um, You know, you talk about how flat the wickets are here. You know, we get lazy with our footwork and we can just hit through the line of the ball if we don't make the file of the ball. But in India and Sri Lanka, it's just going to beat the bat. So um, we'll see who we take. It would be interesting to see how someone like Renshaw, um, who sticks his front leg out right in front of the stumps and also Hanscom, who likes to play back a lot. Um, we'll see how they go in India. There's even been some suggestion that they mightn't keep their spots, such as no, the, yeah. is the need to... Martin might come into a or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, let's move on to your interest in coaching because uh, from a fundamentally, I'm a cricket fan. It's great to see so many people of, of a generation that's uh, just gone giving back to the game in the coaching sense. I mean, we've seen Ricky Ponting, Justin Langer, Jason Gillespie in recent times take to it, Darren Berry, another esteemed coach. And you've taken a really keen interest in developing the youth spinners around the country. And you had an opportunity of um, taking a tour to India as part of your elite cricket business a couple of years ago. What's their philosophy to teaching young people about bowling spin? That's probably the the best question you're going to ask here if you talk about how the difference of coaching methods between spin in India and here and as I touched on earlier the way that myself and Nathan Lyon have been taught to bowl is to try and have overspin on the ball um, and try and because our wickets don't spin a lot we're trying to spin the ball as often as we can off the wicket so we try and get sort of like a 45 degree angle seam and work on spin and bounce whereas in India the ball already spins and it already has variable bounce. So the way that they that they're taught, which is what some of the spinners from the Global Cricket School, which is where we went in Mumbai, they always just talk about how the ball arrives. So when they're bowling, they don't have to have a lot of revs on the ball, but they use the crease, they use different arm angles where they release the ball. So it's all about how the ball arrives, and then the ball will spin and bounce variably anyway. Um, that means that their seam is a different position, whereas we're trying to get over the top. They're almost just buying side spin, but the ball comes from a different spot every time at a different pace, at a different flight. 
um, flatter, quicker, and you know, from low arm to high arm. So they vary that, whereas we try and just constantly get spin on the ball, um, which is really hard to, for us, like someone like Nathan Lyon or Stephen O'Keefe, to unlearn because our wrist is just, we've been bowling so many balls with our wrist in that position. They almost bowl palm first, whereas we sort of bowl with our palm side on to get that overspin. So there's a different philosophy with that just purely because of the conditions that they've got already going to spin doesn't matter how many revs you have on it. So, you know, you look at someone like Suresh Rayner, he's not a number one spinner, but he just bowls side spin at different places on the crease and at different speeds and he's not even a spinner and he can take wickets there because one will just rag or one won't rag and almost go the other way and he doesn't know when it's going to happen. He just puts it in the right area. So mm-hmm. their accuracy and their speed and the way the ball arrives before it spin is what their biggest focus is. A former test spinner, director of Elite Cricket uh, Coaching Group, Jason Crazier, joining us for a chat on stumps this afternoon. Jason, talk to me about the actual standard of coaching generally in the country because, uh, I mean, you look at so many kids who have perhaps tried to bowl spin but been discouraged because they've been tonked a little bit. Do you think a lot of junior coaches out there have been reluctant to allow their kids to bowl spin because it's... uh, it's something they're largely unfamiliar with. 100%. I've had you know, kids who have started bowling spin with me. At, um, as you mentioned, I, I run a coaching business in Sydney called Elite Cricket. And they turn up and start bowling spin. And then one of the games, they'll bowl a medium pace ball and get a wicket. And then the coach will tell them to continue with that. There is just no patience with it. And there's not a lot of knowledge. And I got into coaching because of that reason. I did my level two in Tasmania just before I come back to Sydney three years ago. And the guys that were at this level, and I don't want to sound harsh, but there was myself, Ben Hiffenhouse, um, Luke Butterworth were there, and then the rest of the guys were, the, were going to be the next generation of coaches that were going to be coaching the next Ricky Ponting in Tasmania. And, and these guys couldn't bowl or bat. They had no knowledge of it. And that's where I decided that if we need people in the know and know how to coach and at least be able to pass, you know, coach the coaches of junior teams, which is something that my business does. We go and run coaching sessions for junior teams and um, explain to the coaches who are normally just keen parents or someone that just has to do the role because everyone's so busy in Sydney. We coach them and tell them the, 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 the base things that they should be doing at training and how they should be encouraging whatever the, you know, the kid's passionate about doing, um, you know, persisting with spin or hitting the ball straight and playing four shots off the back foot, not the front foot. Some really basic stuff that they don't get. So that's part of our business model to try and go around and coach the coaches that are coaching the junior teams around Sydney. So that's basically why I got into it. Just there was a lack of really good knowledge in these at this level two course that I did, and it, and it just was quite scary that some of the best young talent in Tasmania were going to be taking. We're going to be coached by some of these guys, which um, you know I don't want to be disrespectful, but they they didn't have them, they couldn't bowl, which yeah. I don't know how they're going to keep <laughs> coach the Come bowlers on. who in these junior teams they have to bowl an over each or two overs each, and I don't know how mm. they're going to coach it. So I decided to get into coaching. Oh, completely understandable, and and you should be commended on actually doing something mm. about it. Which brings us. Uh, as we wrap up to your business, tell us about the upcoming school holiday programs for anyone out there who might be keen on some more tailored coaching. And you are trying to get a tour up to India in April, I think, from the top yeah. of your head. Yeah, well, as I said, I come back to Sydney about three years ago, almost four now, and 
started doing my own coaching when I was playing for a club Bosman here in Sydney and then um, Mark Atkinson had, had uh, developed, sorry, he, he created Elite Cricket and had been running for about 13 years and he was selling the business and that was a perfect opportunity for me to get in um, and I bought the business and I've I've really taken it to another level, I think. Um, basically, we do private coaching almost all year round at a couple of different centres, a couple of private schools and an indoor centre where I've got a bunch of coaches that I coach to sort of coach like me, um, just the basic, really, the really basic stuff because we do get a lot of kids. And then during the school holidays, we have school holiday camps for 7 to 11 age group and also a senior high performance program for 12 to 15 year olds. They're a whole lot of fun, but they're learning a lot. You know, a lot of these programs and, and camps in Sydney are just babysitting sort of things. But I, I push our coaches to not do that. If they're going to come to our camps, we want them to have fun, but learn a lot. So, you know, we have our special sessions where we go through the ins and outs. And this is with eight, seven, eight-year-olds and, and tell them all the, the, the stuff that they probably wouldn't learn off a rep coach, just the knowledge that I've sort of received. And, you know, I've been around the best coaches in, in Australia and the world um, and I'm trying to actually get that information that they get at the Australian level and, and bring it to a, a seven-year-old and give them that early hint and hopefully the development comes along a lot quicker. So as you said, January 16th, we start two weeks of school holiday programs that are at um, Riverview College at Lane Cove and then Shore School at Northbridge, Birchgrove Oval, um, and we've also got an Eastern Suburbs um, clinic at Wallara Park at Rose Bay. So... They're a mixture of two and three day programs when um, and then also the senior high performance program, which is a two day thing for the older kids, which is basically just we, we train them like they do it as uh, I got at uh, the Australian Cricket Academy mm-hmm. and state training sessions. So it's really high performance stuff. We get video analysis, we get some appearances in. We unfortunately haven't got any appearances just because of how busy the big bash is this year, so but hopefully in the future years we get a few more. We've had Shane Watson, we've had um, Brett Lee, we've had Aidan Blizzard, Mark Cosgrove, um, Stephen O'Keefe comes to a lot of them. We've had great appearances to try and inspire these kids to keep playing cricket. So I have a lot of fun doing it and, and I'm so passionate about it and I just I enjoy it more than playing, I think, at the moment, coaching. What, what? Seeing, a, seeing a kid's face when they learn how to play cricket uh, Cover Drive is one of the best feelings in the world. Yeah, it certainly sounds sensational. Tell people where they can find out all information or if they want to try and get involved in one of those uh, clinics, how they can book. Yep, so if you just jump onto my website, which is www.elitecricket.com.au, all the information is on there. You just click on Programs, um, and then there's a drop-down menu, and you just enrol online. If you've got any questions, you can just email me directly. Jason at elitecricket.com.au um, and all my contact details are on the website. Well, you're doing fantastic things for cricket, Jason, in nurturing the next crop of future stars of Australian cricket, hopefully. I could talk to you for a whole lot longer, but I know you've got I could uh, talk to you too. plenty of things on. So we do thank you for your time. Wish you all the very best and don't be a stranger here on Stumps. No worries. Have a great 2017. Thank you.